day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. But the trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take... Bottle tops off with these. Hey, you fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 102. 102, yes. Yes. We've got a great review coming up later. An interesting one. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be some, uh, some, some debate on a couple of things, I believe. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, I hope you guys had a cracking week and that you've managed to do something to do with Doctor Who. How have you been, buddy? Yeah, I've been very good, mate. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. How about yourself? What uh, have you been up to? Yeah, all good. I'm sort of I'm on that sort of convention, uh, sort of post-convention uh, reflection period. Yeah, me too. Um, if that makes sense. Because um, it's, it's a very long day. We was only there, I mean, you were there for some of Saturday and Sunday. I was only there for Sunday. But even just being there on Sunday is a long old day. It is a long old day, yeah. We managed to, uh, we're talking about the um, London Film and Comic Con, obviously, yeah. Um, we we managed to get a lot done, didn't we? We had a, we had a cracking day yes. on the Sunday. Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved it, but I, I think we were both absolutely shattered by the end of it. <laughs> we were, I, I, I certainly, I was knackered. Um, and it seems to go quite fast as well. Cause even though it we does. had, um, a busy morning with doing, um, autographs and stuff like that. And then we had a break of a couple of hours before we had mm. some photo shoots, even in that couple of hours, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like you're having a break from it because you're still walking around, go and get some food, and then you go and look at something else. And before you know it, you've bumped into somebody and you're having a chat. And then yeah. before you know it, someone's off. Let's go and do this. Have a look. So yeah. So it doesn't feel like it, it's, it's like non-stop, isn't it? Throughout the entire it, day. It is, and I think because of the photo shoots as well, I'm constantly like watching my watching my clock. <clears throat> you know, watching watching the time, thinking, you know, right, mustn't miss this, got to get here at this time. And yeah, yeah so like you said, yeah. even when we're having lunch, um, you're sort of constantly on edge uh, to make sure you get all your autos and photos you want. Um, in fact, we still didn't manage to quite get everything we wanted because me and you wanted to get a picture on the Ape Doctor's console at the end of the day, didn't we? That's right. And um, yeah. we sort of worked our way up there. And then I think we were chatting to some people and uh, and it just yeah by the time we got to it they were shutting it up they were like no we're all done we're finished and we were like oh man yeah we're like so, are you sure because it's still there They're yeah like, nope, nope. <laughs> sure you don't want the extra fiver because it's a five pounds on it to get a photo that's on there. right yeah Oh, well. um, so that was the only thing I think we missed out on. And I think there was still stuff we didn't quite manage like some of the stalls uh, we had a we had a look round but we didn't really there were some things we only scratched the surface on I mean there was yeah. a lot <clears throat> there's a lot going on wasn't there there was a, yeah so much going on i think the last time that i went to this one in london they only had one hall at the olympia 
which was yeah. really crammed. You know, they just got the same amount of stalls. They just crammed it all in. And then you had the autograph stuff and things on the top floor just dotted around. But this time they've they've opened it up. So you've got two main halls, which is a lot better because there was one point, it must have been about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. It was so, so busy. Even with mm. the two halls there, it was really, I, I can't imagine what Saturday would have like, but it was um, really cramped. And if they only had that one hall, it would have been a nightmare. You wouldn't oh, yeah. be able to move. So um, fair play to them for that. It was, um, I found it to be a slightly better organized event this year around. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. This year, because in previous years, it's been so like, especially some of the photo shoot schedules, they've been all over the place in previous years. So um, even to the point where they've overlapped. So it, was, it would have been impossible for you to get to, you know, two of the photo shoots that you'd have booked. And, you know, there was just all hiccups in the past. But this one wasn't too bad. I no, found. it seems to run pretty smooth. I mean, yeah, going back to what you're saying about the crowds as well, I saw on the forum, a lot of people said it was um, really a mad crush last year. Yeah, uh, and this was, year wasn't too yeah. bad. I think the only time I ever really saw it getting a little bit messy was uh, when you were queuing for McGann, actually. Um, and that woman was getting really cross. She was like, if you're not queuing for McGann, get out the way. <laughs> and uh, that was the only time it was like the queues were crossing over, if you like. Most of the time they'd sort of they'd space people out enough that you didn't have to worry about that. Um, but that was the only time I saw it getting a little bit manic was, yeah. was that was with McGann. Yeah. yeah, I waited for ages for him. Yeah, you did. I went off and got about four autographs while you were... <laughs> I think it's because you got one of those guys in front of you that had about 20 things there to was, sign, he wanted signed. Well, there was two guys like that in front of me. One of ah. them just had a full-on, like, 10-minute conversation with him mm. about oh, various right. things. And there was another guy that, yeah, he brought, like, five or six items with him that he, he, wanted, he wanted all of them signed. And as he was signing mm. them, he was having a conversation about each thing as well. So, oh, could you sign this light at the end? you know box set mm-hmm. from big finish oh how did it come about that you got involved in this then so he's talking about it he's like what was the experience like and he's you know oh. gives me an answer so what you know and it's a fair play you know you have to make the most of that little opportunity mm. um whereas i'm the opposite of those things if i if i if it's really busy and there's a queue behind me i'm like exactly what i was like i was like hi paul it's great to meet you i've not seen you at a convention yet um really good to meet you um big fan uh he's like cool um what you know he's like being friendly as usual he's like what's your mm. name who's it to i'm like gary with two r's and he does that and then you popped in didn't you at the very end and like we did the movie on the podcast recently yeah. rated it really highly and he's like oh this is all your fault then <laughs> and then shook his hand and that was it and i don't want to be that guy you know that's everyone behind you's like come on mate you oh, know, no. we've been standing here for 40 minutes already so um, I'm always really aware of that as well because yeah. I, I know exactly what it's like. So I'm always aware of people behind me and I'm the same as you. I, I very often don't know what to say to them when I meet them anyway. But with, with McGann, I kind of did have something in mind for a change. So I was just saying, you know, I really love the big finish stuff and especially the things you did with Sheridan Smith. And so I chatted to him about that. But I, I kept it short because, like yeah. you said, I'm always aware that there's Q. And it, the Q wasn't as bad when I met him, I have to say. I was quite lucky. But also, I did sort of get the impression that they were trying to push people through quite quick. Not quickly. I mean, he was chatty and everything. But I'm surprised yours took so long because the girl next to him was sort of quite good at getting the queue moving. Yeah, so unless yeah. it was a different girl when you met him. But, um, but yeah, I did keep looking back and thinking... 
I could see your glasses. I was thinking he hasn't moved. Yeah, he's I'll still just, there. He's still. Yeah. I could, actually, it's a checkered shirt. Sorry, I could see. You, I was thinking you were really moving slow. But um, let's just quickly talk about McGann. Wasn't he a great guest to meet? He wasn't a letdown or anything. Super. He was just yep. brilliant, wasn't he? He was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, worth yeah. the wait of him not being at a few conventions. You know, it's when he yeah. does show up. He's uh, he's. We've heard. I've I've heard it before that he's generally just a really nice guy. And he's not one of these people that turns up because there was one particular guest at this Comic-Con who was like, she just shouldn't have been there at all. Yeah, actually, so. there's two. There's another one as well that's come out of the woodwork. Right, I've, right. Um, I've forgotten his name, a guy, and I've seen some of the photos of him, and they're hilarious. He's so grumpy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So apparently Paul's never like that at conventions. He's always, you know, very chatty, very friendly. So when he does show up, it's, it's great. And I did have a really good... Um, couple of moments with him because we had a photo shoot at the end of the day didn't we with him yeah on the eight doctors console which was great and i sort of ran up to the console i was like uh mr mcgann we meet again and he's like aha yes we, <laughs> you know and that was great so he's always in good spirit so um yeah it was that was one of the highlights when he was meeting mcgann he's such a great guy yeah, I was going to say definite highlight. He was, um, yeah, like you said in the photo shoots, he just, his, his, it's the thing, of, it's that welcoming smile and just the interaction. Yeah, because it's you go through so quickly. I mean, you're you're literally, especially the console one. I think if I'd have blinked, um, the camera was done. It was so quick that that end photo shoot. Um, so you don't really get a lot of chance. But even even being pushed through really quickly, we, he was mm. so engaging. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that was very good. Who was another highlight for you that you met? Silv. Sylvester. He was so funny. It was, he was he? Yeah. He's, he um, was in a really good mood actually this weekend. I have to say he was really on good form. Yeah. yeah. All three actually, because we all together we yeah. met uh, McGann, Sylv, and Colin. Yeah. And all three of them were on really good moods, weren't they? I found. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were all very, very um, friendly, chatty. You yeah. know, like you said, um, McCoy was pulling funny faces in in the photos at the table, and yeah, everyone seemed in a really good mood actually. Yeah, um, it's it's funny because you know we were looking at some of the autographs on the stalls downstairs of McCoy, mm-hmm. and we were saying, "Well, how they, I've never seen his autograph like yeah. that." Yeah. Funny thing is, when I got back, I looked at my autograph. Um, and it's the only one I've ever got because I got a few from McCoy, but it's the only one I've ever got where he has actually signed it all in one row, like those ones we thought were fake. I was looking at it last night, thinking, actually, that does look a little bit like the one we were saying looked nothing like his autograph. But oh, I'm still right, not right. convinced by them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, he was in very good form. Um, I have to say, another highlight for me was Fraser Hines. Um, Fraser's just got this really cheeky little glint in his eye, <laughs> and he's really, really friendly and. Um, I, I had a really nice little chat with him as well. So that was good. And then when I saw him in the photo shoot afterwards, he's like, well, it's been a long time since I've seen you. And he was just very, you know what I mean? Very sort of friendly guy, uh, Fraser is. Yeah. So I was happy to meet him again. Uh, isn't a highlight for you, um, Missy, Michelle Gomez? Michelle Gomez. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what to make of her, actually, <laughs> because uh, she was friendly enough, but she was also quite mad. I think, to be honest, the, the way I would explain it is I think she is very much in character because like in the photo shoots mm-hmm. it's like she is just being completely balmy yeah um and when you meet her she's kind of got these bunny ears on and i just i just can't work her out yeah i thought she was i don't know if she really is as mad as she acts or if, if it's as i said part of the character but yeah i couldn't couldn't make her out at all mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say i found her intimidating but i, I yeah i i don't know i didn't sort of feel that 
comfortable. Hmm. <laughs> I think I, I don't know. Uh, in the photo shoot, she wanted to do the back to back photo, which I don't like doing because because uh, of my big belly sticking out. So I said to her, "No, I don't want to do that." And she was like, "What?" You know what I mean? And so I was like, "Oh my god!" She reduced <laughs> me to a quivering wreck. Um, but yeah, she was nice enough. She was nice, just mad, just bonkers. <laughs> Just bonkers, yeah. mate, yeah. We had a little chat with Colin as well because there wasn't really a queue for Colin. I sort of walked straight up Well, it's because he's at every... Who hasn't met Colin Baker? Yeah. I mean, we love Colin, but yeah. he's at every single convention. Yeah, and the picture that I got him to sign was the one that is the one from our review episode, Vengeance yeah. of Varus with his hand. Um, and I think he actually got one of... I think he actually got his facts wrong, you know? Really? Old Cole, yeah, because he said in that photo, I'm... I'm sort of got my hand out against a big fly. Ah. And I was like, I don't think so, mate. Because that's when you're sort of reaching out at your, you know, the um, the sort of holographic sort of ghost figures in the corridor. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But you can't mm. say that, can you? You can't. Go on, you, you should have. No. I didn't pick you, up on it, actually. You should have said to him. You can't say. I think he said that it was some sort of... ruined his mood. <laughs> an EG fly? A we, an EG fly or something, he said he's pointing yeah. at. And yeah. I was I was going to give him the old fly. Fly. <laughs> but he would No, yeah, that wouldn't have gone down well, would it, with old Carl? You've got to give him a bit of no, slack. He's knocking on a bit. That his mood. Yeah. yeah. I, I said to him about... Because I was going to get a Regenerations photo signed. Uh, him, him, basically him in... Um, peter's costume but i didn't really like the photo <laughs> um but i did say to him i said i'm looking at that one and all i can think of is a very noble brow or something and he laughed yeah. but uh, but yeah no he was he was in good spirits everybody was actually i have to say out of all the guests we met um paul fraser michelle uh, peter Sylv, colin everybody was really really friendly and in in good spirits which is great actually because it you know, I, I, I normally come away being able to have a good old moan about somebody, but no, everybody was really cool that day. I imagine even if we met Kenny Baker, he would have been okay. The <laughs> Kenny, atmosphere oh, was good. Poor old Kenny. Yeah. He didn't look very well. Did he didn't, he? did he? I walked past him. No. Him. No. Neither Kenny. did Peter he wasn't, even, he wasn't eating, so he must must be, mustn't be well. Yeah, Peter Mayhew. He looked a bit old and not that great either. I, you know, I didn't see him. I kept kept walking past his stand, and I saw the Chewbacca poster yeah. above. Very signing, but I never saw him there. Every time I walked past, he was he was obviously doing a photo shoot or on lunch. Yeah, it's a sad old time for the Star Wars cast. So him, David Prowse, and Kenny Baker—they all look just very just well, done in, and you know, not yeah, not in the best way. So uh, bless them, they're still out there doing it, still rocking and rolling the conventions. Yeah, they're still Good. still doing it. Yeah. Okay, so is it so you got a photo shoot again? Did you get a that was on the console? Did you get a standard shoot of him? Or no, did you, no, just, did you the just got the one on the console. Yeah, because that was that was great that having the the Ape Doctor's console there. Mm, really good. I just yeah. yeah, I just love that console. Yeah, so it was a great weekend. It was a great, especially the Sunday when we were there for the entire day. Mm. It was really good, and we got to hang out with some great people as well. We met up with a load of um, uh, fellow. Whovians, Hootubers, podcasters yeah. and stuff. It was really good. Um, great bunch of guys. We had a really good laugh, didn't we? Yeah, I was going to yep. say, it, it really was the icing on the cake because, um, we, yeah, we met up with lots of people that we've sort of chat to over social media and a couple of people we've met perhaps once or twice. And it was really good. I always say this. It's just so great to hang out with people, you know, fellow Who fans and stuff. It was. It really was the icing on the cake that day. It was Really good fun, yeah. A few of us went to the pub afterwards, didn't we, and had a, a sneaky couple of pints. Yeah, had a sneaky couple, uh, yep. It was good. Which was good fun. It yeah. was good, yeah, it was good times. Ah. So, yeah, I, re- I have to say, I really did enjoy the event. I'm like you, on Monday I woke up and I was like, 
oh back to reality i want to go back because <laughs> yeah it was a it was a top day it really was it was good yeah and that's what we've been up to i haven't really done anything else who wise that caused that sort of sapped up all of my who um energy if you like so the last couple of days have just been just more normal work and chilled out really I haven't really done much who stuff no not much i i, I started scanning the photos uh, sorry started scanning the autographs i got and um and i i wasn't going to do a vlog or a video of it i had no intention of doing that because i wanted to just go and enjoy the event mm -hmm. um but over the last couple of days i was sort of looking at the little bits of video i had got which i just filmed for myself if you know what i mean um and i really like some of the stuff i've got and <laughs> so like i sort of got a really nice bit of mcgann and so I thought, actually, I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shovel this together and, and and make a video, which I'm really pleased with. But the downside is, I now wish I had vlogged it because <laughs> I was thinking, God, you know, like I wish I'd done some videoing with you, for example, and and I wish I'd videoed some more of the other guys we hang around with on the Sunday because, it, yeah, it was watching the video footage I've got back. It just, um, it was really nice to capture that. So, yeah. But I've done. I have sort of mangled together everything I have got, and I am now gonna put that out. So. Oh, cool. Cool. But I was thinking all the way through, I was thinking, oh, no, you know, I kept thinking this is normally when I do a video, this is where I'd sort of insert a bit of me and you chatting, saying, oh, well, how's the day going, blah, 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 or something like that. And I was thinking, <laughs> didn't do that. We were too busy eating cardboard hot dogs for five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, that's the only downside, the food at that place. Not only did it taste awful, but it was blimmin' expensive, wasn't it? Yeah, you have to the sort of... The hot dog was, oh. Yeah, you even need to just leave the venue and go and find something where you just put up with yeah not great food at big prices not great food. <laughs> yeah. yeah um there was i did see a tweet from Showmasters um at some point saying that um you might be able to purchase digital versions of any of the photo shoots you've had done yeah that, <clears throat> they normally do yeah. yeah so i might look out for that and if we get those i'll um i'll stick them up on on the facebook page and stuff so you can see our nice big smiling faces with the doctors. Yeah, beaming. Yeah, beaming. I'm very pleased with the picture I got McGann. I, I can't remember the one you got of the console. Is he sort of stood up? or Because in mine, he's kind of leaning across it. Yeah, he's, uh, I'm not he happy with mine. One? Yeah, he's oh, leaning he's across striking. a little. No, he's leaning across a bit and he's good. But because it was so quick, and I'm, this is no exaggeration, right? As mm. soon as my hands touch the, the console, the woman who was taking the photos was like, right, great, thank you. Yeah, no, same here. And I'm not joking. And anyone that did that photo shoot can can testify. It was um, two seconds, maybe. Yeah. Or one and a half seconds. As soon as you touch your hand and you turn towards the camera, bosh. I didn't. So I'm not smiling in the photo because I'm looking oh, at her, waiting for her to oh. say, you know, three, two, one, or ready. Here we go. Say cheese, whatever it is. So as I looked at the camera, there's the the thing. See you later. So I'm not really happy with my one, but Paul mm. looks pretty good in it, but. I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame. I do know exactly what you mean. We were it was so quick. I mean that's yeah. that's why I always walk around with uh, my theatre smile on twenty four seven. Might just uh, Photoshop a cheeky smile on my face there. <laughs> yes, right. yeah. Um and we got to hang out with uh we had a good old catch up with Crystal, didn't we, from the Doctor Who fan show. We had a good. really good chat with her, actually. Yeah. I have to say, because um, we know she listens, uh, <laughs> we say that about everybody. Yeah. Um, no, I, we both had a really lovely chat with Crystal, didn't we? Um, yes. That yep. was that was a nice, and that was right at the end of the day as well. It was a lovely little ending to the day. I thought just yeah. having to, having to catch up with Crystal. Yeah. yeah, sort of about half an hour, I think. We had a good old chat. Easily, yeah, yeah. I was worried that I was yeah chewing her ear off. I kept thinking oh, I better leave her alone in a minute, but uh, well, I did enjoy chatting to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It was all good. Good times. Great times. Great times. Loved it. Right. Loved it. Yeah, I want to go back. Yeah. I want to do it all again. So um, there will be another one. They do a London Film Comic Con in September, don't they? No, they're not doing it this year. Oh, has that been canned? Well, the, yeah, the, well, the winter one. Uh, right, yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of people tweeting them saying, when, when's the winter one? And I don't believe they're doing one this year, um, oh. which is a shame. Yeah, I saw a few people kicking off about it on Twitter kicking just the other me. night, actually. Yeah, like, why aren't you doing it? But I don't believe they are, which is a shame. Yeah. I thought they but, were, you know, because, oh, it's the, um, they're doing them in other places, aren't they? It's Cardiff yeah. in October and Newcastle in November, right? That's it. All yeah. Right, I read you. That's it. So, okay. Oh, well. So keep an eye on those. Keep yeah. Um, right. That's what we've been up to. Mm. Um, let's just forget about that, though, because we've got some news to do. Shall let's we... get into the news. Yeah. You better land it. You know Doctor Who's filming at the moment? Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. They've just finished block one. Ah, great stuff. And now they're starting block two, mm. uh, which kicked off a few days ago. So those of you that don't know, they film a series in blocks, which I believe normally encompasses a couple of episodes. Yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't too sure Yeah, yep. what it actually um, meant. Yeah, yeah. so I think they, they block them out. So I do that. They do two or three at a time or three or four, whatever. Mm-hmm. And block block two, sorry, uh, kicked off a few days ago in Cardiff. And we've got some set picks. And we see the Doctor and Pearl in some Victorian garbs. Mm. I have to say, Capaldi really does suit this costume of top hat and... Long dark coat and that. Yeah, he looks say, really cool. Doesn't he look cool in like? He um, really does. <laughs> top he looks a bit. Um, he's got that sort of Jack the Ripper. Yes. Look about him, which I'm not mm. suggesting in any way. That's um, <laughs> that's he, part of the story or his character or anything like that. But he does look very that sort of classic look that you see of when like old Jack the Ripper films or pictures. Mm. Um, uh, whereas with, Pearl's got like a. What's she got on her head? Oh, she's looks got a like big, a dead bird. A dead bird, yeah, like huge feathery thing, this nice long green velvet looking coat. She looks Love very the good. Coat. Yeah. Mm. Um and there's also a couple of um set pics as well. So we see um uh, some very old London dock warehousey looking places. Yeah. Um, and this episode is written by Sarah Dollard. Yay. Who wrote the very interesting, um actually pretty good story from uh, series nine what was it it was um face the raven face the raven yeah so yeah. if you take away all the moffat clara stuff out of that episode it was a pretty good i really really like the whole trap street thing and yeah it's a good concept i'm hoping she comes up with something as good as that yeah yeah and i i really like her writing as well she's got a really good um she's got almost like a classic style of writing but it suits like the modern era if you like mm-hmm. um, yeah so yeah hoping this is going to be good and she obviously favors the um uh the sort of london you know that sort of london victorian look mm. you know what's what's throwing me about this is there's you know we can see snow everywhere so i just assumed when i first saw these oh they're, they're filming the christmas special then 
But are we saying this is not the Christmas special? No, because that's written by Moffat. So it is. Yeah, you're absolutely yep. right. So this is so with well, snow in a in a non Christmas episode. Wow, we're really going for it in series ten. Yes. Mixing things up a bit. Yeah. Yep. So series ten looking looking pretty good so far. Mm. Yes. These these warehouses remind me of the um the other doctor story. Do you remember that? With um Jackson Lake and all that. Oh yeah. It looks a bit like that place, don't know if it is. It does indeed. It does, yeah. It, so, yeah, it's yep. nice to see some film pics. Nice to see something a bit different. Doctor in a different costume and Pearl looking really cool in that coat. Yeah. No no nardle in these pictures. No nardle. No, no. we haven't been nardled. No, waiting for him to pop out one of those warehouse doors. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, cool. So, no, new film pics. Right, in other news, uh, the mothball <laughs> has been chatting about uh, Series 10, obviously, in Doctor Who magazine. And um, basically, he's very, very strongly hinted that, that uh, Peter Capaldi won't be leaving at the end of Series 10, which is what everyone's kind of been expecting. Um, so in, in Doctor Who magazine, Stephen is quoted as saying, I have no reason to suppose that I'm writing out a Doctor. Peter is loving the role, and long may he do so. Mm. So he's basically saying... I haven't, you know, I haven't, I'm writing right up to when I leave, obviously, and I haven't written him out. So, as far as I know, he's staying on for series 11. This is, um, this is good news because you and I had a discussion, didn't we, a few episodes back saying something like, would it be the right thing to do for Capaldi to go with Moffat mm. and, mm -hmm. you know, Chris Chibnall to come in completely fresh, new show, new doctor, the whole lot. And yeah. um, I said that I don't think that's the best thing to do. I think Capaldi should at least stay on. However, it would be an interesting twist if we did that thing where he comes back just for one or two episodes and then regenerates, which would be quite mm. interesting. But it it kind of sounds now, it sounds like now that he's going to be here for a little while. I mean, there's, like anything with, with Doctor Who, it's, nothing is ever concrete, is it, until it's explicitly announced by the beep. Yeah. Um, however, this uh, sentence from the mothball does say that he's not writing out a doctor. So there's no regeneration mm. scene been written. There's no exit scenes or anything like that. So we can only assume and be 99% sure that he'll be there for series 11. Yeah. The only thing is, I never believe a word Stephen Moffat says because the Moffat lies just like the doctor lies. So I, I yeah. I would. I've got very mixed feelings about this because um, I love Peter Capaldi. I think he's an absolutely great actor. Um, I'm liking him as the Doctor, but I'm finding him so inconsistently written um, that they they really, if he's going to stay on, I really want them to tap into Peter Capaldi's potential because right. we he's done two series now, and I don't think they've managed to to get him right. Um, so I want to see him stay on, but I want to see him be the brilliant doctor that i know it can be um because otherwise i think if if by the end of series 10 i'm still feeling like that i i will be ready for a, a fresh start fresh writer fresh doctor because i just think they're not they're not capitalizing on the brilliant doctor that he can be yet yeah. we we have not seen you know we've seen glimpses of it like the speech in the zygon episode and things like that we've seen glimpses of what how amazing peter can be and i do like his doctor but they they need to up their game a bit you know he was really inconsistent in series nine i felt it was it felt like they were writing more for matt smith again with all the silly jokes and mannerisms and bumbling around instead of being that strong doctor that we got in series eight you know 
sort yes, of like yeah. you know from you know that strong almost slightly sarcastic so yeah i want to see i want to see him stay but i want to see him you know i want to see them him get some better writing for him really yeah agreed yeah and the moth does go on actually because i saw a headline in an, a headline in another uh blog somewhere and i, I the, the headline they made it sound like the moth was having a sly dig at russell t davis um, oh yeah, <laughs> um, and it was something like, um, I wouldn't, Im- you know, I wouldn't make my exit an embarrassment like the RTD era or something like that. Um, really? So this other blog, yeah, they just twisted it and made uh. it like a dig. But basically, what he's gone on to say is um, the departure of a showrunner doesn't mean anything to the audience. He said most of the audience doesn't know that I exist, so they'd go blank if I attempted to wave goodbye to them. He says, oh, the embarrassment that would be. So I'm damned if I'm imposing my departure on the show. And what some uh. people have taken that as like a dig to RTD because he very much, you know, said goodbye to all of the you yeah, know, important people on the on the show. And, you know, he sort of, and it, this it always comes up in discussion, doesn't it? Whenever you're talking about mm. the, the RTD era is, the, you know, the last two-parter. And how Russell T. Davis sort of brought everything round full circle to a nice close before yeah. he exited the show. And me personally, I I've never had a problem with that. A lot of people think it's too soppy and it's too, you know, they shouldn't have done half of all that stuff. They just mm. he should have just not wrote it that way. Personally, I think that's I, I love it. You know, I really like how they ended that era of the show. Yeah. Um, but the moth seems to think that. Well, if you go on what he said here in the magazine, he's not going to be doing anything like that at all. It's just going to be a lot more low key. You right. know, he, he, there's not going to be a, a sort of big Moffat style exit for people to think, "Wow, that's now been the end of the Moffat era." I think he just wants to go out silently out the back door. Mm. You know, see you later. You know, it's nice. It's been nice knowing you, but I'm off. You know, best of luck. So we'll see. We'll see how he's going to. How he's going to do that, but like you say, he does have a habit of telling the odd fib, so mm. you never know. No, I think he will because I'm thinking of when you look at the husbands of River Song, which he at the time of writing thought was his last, didn't he? Yeah, that that was no big, yeah, okay. He brought back River because he loves River, um, <laughs> but it wasn't any, yeah, it wasn't a big sort of send off for them off in that sense, was it? So I, I have a feeling he probably will be going like that yeah and also if we think about the regeneration from matt smith to capaldi that was super quick there wasn't <laughs> what any, was that yeah i mean the there was a, regeneration yeah i mean it was a little bit of a, a speech by matt beforehand which was expected however the whole regeneration thing it was over in a yeah snap of your fingers and he was in so mm. you never know yeah yeah that concludes the news mm. nothing else going on really we have got a cool bit of merch though so oh. Oh, come on in come on Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. I'm excited and I'm not excited. Well, I'm excited. I'm happy and I'm not happy. Oh, why are um, you not? Okay, well, let, let's get into it. So you're 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 more happy than I am about this. I'm so very happy. Off you go with, with this bit of news. <laughs> Yeah, well, because where did it come from? Um, all of a sudden, out of, out of nowhere, what, what was that tagline you used to have for the pod? We always forget. We never use it anymore, do we? What's that? It popped out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. All right, um, yeah. 
the Paul McGann TV movie mm. is is being released on Blu-ray in September. It just suddenly appeared on the Amazon website, I think, yeah. uh, as a pre-order. Um, there was no <laughs> no sort of news beforehand about this. Um, there's no real details about it yet, but uh, apart from the fact it looks like it's going to be a two-disc set, yeah. uh, there's no artwork or, or anything, and it says that the extras are still being finalised. So... Yeah, they need to get a move on if it's September. We're already in August, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this. I I love the TV movie. I'm I'm hoping they'll. By the sounds of it, it's going to be some extras we haven't had already. Um, I don't care that I've got got it on DVD twice, special <laughs> edition and normal. Uh, I'll be buying it. Um, can't wait for it to come out. I, I I bet it goes back. They say September. If they're still finalising stuff, I bet the release date goes back. But um, yeah. Super happy. What what you what you happy about? What you're not happy about? Right. Well, I'm ha- I'm very happy that the TV movie is getting the you know going to be released on Blu-ray. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say now. That's yeah, go on. Very cool. Um, what I'm not happy about, and which I can't I can't find any details on it at the moment, is what the transfer is onto Blu-ray. Ah, uh, gotcha. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Right. So don't get me wrong. I'm over the moon that it's getting the Blu-ray treatment. However. If it's just going to be an upscale, well, it will be. I should think. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a couple of people have said that on forums that don't expect mm. it to be anything amazing. It's just going to be an upscale. Then I'll I'll probably still get it because normally when you have um, TV series or films that are from that sort of age, um, although you get just a basic upscale, at least the audio track is normally very good. You get a really decent surround mix. So I'll probably pick it up for that. However, I was really hoping that we would get a sort of proper restoration on it, you know, so it's a a decent sort of high-def picture. Yeah, Um, I'm with you. So I know it's going to be like the first four series of the Doctor Who um, box sets you can buy on Blu-ray, where the audio mix is fantastic, but the picture, they haven't done anything to it. They haven't done any mm. cleanups or restorations or anything. All they've done is just transfer it from one to the other, and you yeah. naturally get an upscale. So um, I'm really, really sorry, you know, to you know, to, um, to, to be the party pooper. I don't want to be the mm. guy that's like, oh, come on, Gary, you know, be positive. But I'm just really hoping that it would have a good cleanup and, tran- you know, and restoration, and it would look just amazing because it deserves that. It, it really does. It. So, yeah. um, like a lot of people, I'll probably still pick it up because I want it on the shelf, and mm. the audio mix will probably be really good. Um, but it probably won't be much difference between, you know, picking up the DVD or the Blu-ray in terms of picture. But who knows? Yeah. They might surprise us. You know, well, actually, no, they won't because it's by Two Entertain, and I don't think they do much in the way of restoration and cleaning and stuff. So. No, because the restoration team have all kind of more or less closed down, haven't they? The, the restoration team that used to do the yep. uh, Dot Two DVDs, they've all disbanded, haven't they? Yeah, I don't think they're doing much at all now. I think like so the they won't be involved. Bit, no. Yeah, so yeah, it's good though. So nineteenth of September is yeah. is the date given in the minute. I Apparently. thought you were going to say you're disappointed that it wasn't. Um, released before the convention, so you could get it signed. Oh, <laughs> is what right. I thought you were going to say. Um, the only thing that could make this news um, better for me. As if it had been announced as a steelbook, if it was a, a TV movie steelbook. Now that I would just absolutely love. Well, keep your eyes out on Zavi. Those guys normally do. Yeah, the they normally get them, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, and this is going to be priced at nineteen ninety nine. 
that's it'll, they never sell it full price. It'll be cheaper than that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen quid, I would say. Mm. But yeah, look forward to seeing how that actually turns out. That one. See yes. what they do do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's much. That's all there is this week. Yeah. Yep. Right. Else? Review time. Mm. Adam. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> It's even worse seeing him do it over Skype, mister. It's, it's quite frightening. I can imagine it'd be quite horrific. Especially yeah. as he's dressed at Sill. I forgot to tell you about that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've hacked up a green sleeping bag. <laughs> I've covered myself in Vaseline jelly. <laughs> um, right, let's um, let's get on to our review. <laughs> Adam, what are we doing this week? <laughs> this week, let's jump in the acid bath as we review <laughs> Vengeance on Varos. Enlighten us as to the truth about your visit, please, Doctor. Why, to help Varos realize the wealth of its potential. What else? How? By eating Rotzler. Kill him! Execute him! You must have listened to the rebel John Dar, believed his lies. Yes, yes. What is the staging plan, Chief? The men to hang. The women, I would suggest, be given to reshapement and cell mutation experiment. The results to be exhibited as a warning to women who support their men in acts of violation against the regulations of Varos. I'm sorry you will be denied the sight of the ladies turning into, well, who knows what? A serpent, a griffin, a new admixture of fish and fowl. Anything to add, Doctor? Anything which might persuade me to halt the sequence of events? One request. One last request. Yes. Well? Who is he? Why is he here? What interest can my presence matter? The delegate from the Galatron Mining Corporation is here to negotiate our yearly review of market price for the ore of Varos. Zeiton ore? Zeiton 7? Yes. I see. Thank you. Is that all you wish to know? For the moment. That's all you have, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to know where the clip ended and you started there. I know. So, mm. vengeance on Varos. Mm. Right. Um, before we get started, let's talk about the story. Just yep. a wee bit. The TARDIS is in a bad way. She's basically had enough. She's conked out. And so the only thing that, the only sort of material that needed to repair the TARDIS um, is this sort of precious metal, this uh, Zyton 7, uh, which can only be found on the planet Varos. Mm -mm. So the Doctor and Perry head over there to try and grab this. When they land, they're immediately thrown into this huge sort of political and social... um, uh, not really a disaster, but a sort of ongoing uh, conundrum for the people of Varos because it's governed by these uh, people who are very ruthless. You know, they uh, they just get people to sit in their very small homes, which is essentially one room and a TV, uh, and watch torture and death and all that stuff. And the only other interaction they have with the world is just to vote on uh, government and governors and stuff like that. Um, and there's all this stuff going on behind the scenes. So uh, the the famous character Sill, mm-hmm. 
is uh, it's basically taking him for a ride. He he knows him and his company knows that um, Zion Seven is worth tons more than what they're paying for it. But they've sort of backed him into a corner, and uh, you know they're bartering to get the price um, even lower. But the governor's not having it. So there's this sort of internal conflict going on between Sill and the governor. But then there's a guy, one of the chiefs, he's sort of in cahoots with Sill. He's trying to sort it out. Um, and the, the Doctor and Perry's job really is to uh, fix this sort of corrupt government, stop the people of Varos being sort of ruled by fear and, and all this stuff. Um, and at the same time, you know, trying to get the TARDIS repaired. Yes. So it's very, in a nutshell. Yeah, so it's a very political, social story, agenda, this one. Mm. Um, and potentially, depending on what your views on life and stuff like that, potentially quite a dark episode too. Very dark. Possibly one of the darkest two stories there is, yeah, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's pretty grim. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so quite a dark one in a couple mm. of ways, I would say. Um Right, so that's Vengeance. What do you reckon, mate, before we get into detail, generally, um, your views? It's regarded as one of uh, Colin's best or better stories, isn't it, uh, Vengeance? Yeah. Um, I think the storyline that you've just described is absolutely cracking. I think it's a really good story at the heart of it. Um, but what translate on screen has never really been my cup of tea, I have to be honest. I've always... Because people regard it so highly, I've always wondered what it is I'm missing. Um, so obviously I watched it again this week before the review. I just find it really hard going. Um, I find it too grim. Um, there's not enough humour in it. And I, it's just not my cup of tea, really. Um, I do think it's a very good storyline. But, but as a watch, I just find it a bit tough. So I'm, I want to be one of those fans that thinks it's amazing, but I'm not. I find it. I think it's a great story, but I just find it quite boring. If I'm honest, I just sit there thinking it's one horrible character after another, and there's not enough. There's not enough lightness in it for me. I would have just. It's a bit too dark and gritty. So, yeah, I. Good story. I'm just not. It's not fat. It's just, it's just not not one that I gravitate towards when I'm thinking of watching an episode of Doc Two. Let's put it that way. What about you? Righto. For me. Um... There's a large, there's a large portion of it that I quite like. Mm. You know, I do quite like it. The only one thing for me that I, I guess puts me off the story is that it's so bloody boring. It is boring, isn't it? it honestly, and I it, thought it was just me. I'm kind of relieved that you said that because I would no. even yesterday. I think it's probably the fifth, sixth time because I every time I put it on, I sort of really, really want to like it. Yeah, and I just sit there and I get about ten minutes in, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad it's. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and I think I mean there's, I re- I like you, and I think probably like a lot of fans, it's, it's one of those stories that I really want to like because, mm. um, let's be honest, uh, Collins Bacon normally comes under quite a bit of flack. Mm. You know, his era. It's normally. Um, you know, it's just not regarded as one of the best doctors, and we're not really into that whole, you know, uh, list list stuff. And you know, this doctor's better than that doctor. And not, we're not really, we don't really go into that too much. But you know, just generally across Who fandom, um, across the classic era, Collins Baker's just not normally up there 
with the likes of Tom Baker and, you know, uh, Patrick Troughton and even Paul McGuinness. You know, so it, it, to me, it was one of those opportunities where Colin Baker could have just gone, could have really cut loose with it, mm. you know, and turned, like we say a lot with the Matt Smith era, where you have a potentially not boring story, but not a great story, but then Matt Smith just sort of pulls it out the bag and, you know, ends up being a fairly decent watch. I was hoping that this would be one of those examples for Colin Baker, where he took a fairly flat and boring script and just went for it and just made it a really, you know, a much better watch than what it is. Yeah, because it's in his first sort of series, isn't it? I think it's the second episode. So it's obviously we got um, Twin Dilemma at the end of Peter's last series That's right. and then yeah. we got yeah we had a quite a long wait and then we had attack of the sidemen and then this didn't we so this is the second story in his yeah. his sort of first proper run as the doctor so really he should be knocking it out of the park showing us his doctor yeah you know arriving on the scene um i can i can just imagine there are fans listening to this absolutely screaming at us right now saying what vengeance is brilliant you idiots what are you talking about you know because <laughs> i know a lot of people regard this as a, as a as an absolute classic um which is why i say i always every time i watch it i wonder what it is i'm not seeing that they're mm-hmm. seeing because I, I i have to admit even yesterday i was really it's what it's two 45 minute episodes isn't it uh yeah it's not yeah. your normal four parter is it it's um yeah two forty five. i was really struggling to sit through it yes. <laughs> i have to be honest i kept getting up and because you know the bit where perry turns into a bird <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i i chose that moment to to go and get a cup of tea or so i don't know i did something i wandered off for like literally a minute or two and i come back and it's all over and i was like oh no what 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 so i had to go back because it just wasn't holding my attention at all um i have to be honest yeah, yeah. But I can imagine fans are screaming at us right now, but yeah, I have to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's almost like they're, they're trying very hard. You can see that, you know, they're trying really hard to make a great Doctor Who story mm-hmm. because although some of the support cast were absolutely atrocious, you can see that they're taking it very seriously and they, they want it to be good. Um, and Colin, Colin is, is good, don't get me wrong, Colin he is good in this one. He's he's better in this one than you know quite a few other of you know stories of his. Um, but just all together, the whole thing all together, just makes for such a boring watch. Even when stuff should be exciting, it's just it's almost like it's going through the motions for the sake of it because you have to get a certain character or group of characters from A to B. So what you'll do is you'll make A to B a bit more treacherous. So you'll throw in some stuff, which should make it exciting, but it's just... Mm. And I think you need you do need to have at least one or two likable characters in it. I mean, pretty much everyone in this is unlikable or nasty. There's, there's, you know, you've got to have somebody in it that you're rooting for. Um, and there isn't anybody in this really, apart from the doctor, I suppose. So, you know, you, you sort of you want the doctor to survive and Perry, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there, are every every other character in it is so horrible and vile that I couldn't really. I kept thinking all the way through. I couldn't really care less what happens to you. You're all horrible. You you deserve everything, apart from actually, what's um, Jason Connery's character? I suppose he's he's a good guy. The guy who's getting tortured at the beginning. John Dar. Yeah, he's a yeah. good character. So I suppose you you might say. You've got him, but I mean, he's not really in it very much anyway. So uh, um. I, I'm just surprised that, uh, you know, when we talk about how producers just 
get to a certain point. Like John Nathan Turner had been producing now for quite some time. And I think at this point, and I think Andrew Cartmel might have even said this when we spoke to him, he's kind of not given up, but he's taken his eye off the ball a bit here. Because when you think of some of the stuff that he wouldn't let through um, before, you know, in Peter's era, because it was too graphic too violent too boy you know mm-hmm. and I, I we get to colin's era and it almost just seems like he's let the handbrake off and doesn't care anymore because everything seems to get through um and I, sometimes i'm really surprised what actually managed to get on screen um in terms of script in terms of violence yeah. and um and yeah and this is just one of those stories that i'm amazed uh that jnt actually let it get produced I, i'm glad he did because i do think the storyline's really really good mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think the production and direction and some of the performances really do let it down. Yeah, but I'm amazed he, he even let it get that far. To be honest, knowing what he was like, I mean. Yeah, um, almost forgot actually. We we didn't do the, uh, the the story info. So this was back in 1985, in yeah. January, um, and it was written by Philip Martin, directed by Ron Jones, and overseen by Eric Sayward, and. Zorward, Sayward. Now, Philip Martin, he only wrote one other Doctor Who story. What was that? And that's bleeding, boring and all. (laughs) What is it? It's Mind Warp from Trial of a Time Lord. Mind Warp. Ah, now, um, I haven't watched that for a while. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't comment because I I can't. I I think I remembered thinking it was all right, but I haven't watched it for so long. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's okay. Mm. But it's it's it it's got that Varos feel to it, where it's just very laboured. It's a laboured mm. watch. Um, so yeah, it's oh crikey. Let's not talk about the bad stuff for too long because there are some good things in it. I was I was just about to say. I mean, I'm looking at my notes here, and there are some real positives for this. Yes. So let, let's let's move on. We've got our initial thoughts. I'm, I am surprised. I, I've got to say, just before we move on, I really thought. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought you were going to be one of those fans that liked this. I thought Gary's going to be, he's going to gasp when I say I don't like it. But I'm I'm sort of relieved that I'm not alone, but I'm also surprised. I thought you were going to like this one. Um, but yeah, I have got I have got some positives on my, my sheet here. So you'll be pleased to know that, listeners. Yes. Um, let's talk about some of the story elements before we get on to mm. cast. So mm. um, one of the things that I did like in terms of story is just the whole um, world and atmosphere that they created at that time on Varos. They seem to really nail that bleak, grim, dystopian, um, sort of harsh future, you know, for the population where they're just condemned to their one-room little apartments. All they've got is, you know, a TV with some vote buttons on it and they're on rations Mm. and, you know, it's all, all that's on the TV is you know people being tortured and stuff like that so they they nailed that whole thing really well i thought you know that you know what i mean yeah yeah i do i was going to say that's one of the things i do like about this is it's um very often in the doctor will arrive in a situation at the exact right point to stop a baddie doing something. Whereas this, what I like about it is he's arriving in a world where this is just going on all the time. It's not like he's arriving at the exact moment that the baddie's going to explode a bomb. He's arriving in a world and seeing what that world is like and saying, well, this is wrong and he's putting it right. So I kind of like that, that it's, you know, 
so yeah and I, like you said i like the world that we arrive in is very uh dark and bleak and you sort of yeah you get that straight away yeah. so yeah i agree with you yeah i like yeah. that part and, of it and it had that it was kind of ahead of its time i guess in some respects because it had that mm. sort of um big brother everybody watching everybody yeah. watching you know what's going on you know in a sort of real world environment there wasn't any there wasn't anything that we know of that was for sort of purely for entertainment purposes it was just you're watching you know a, a, an actual person being killed or whatever mm. so it, it had, reminds me a bit know, of the truman show actually it does in yeah. a certain sense especially the ending uh, yeah. the very end scene yeah, yeah. So I had that. I thought that was really good, um, and that that really sort of kicked off the story for me. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is going to be good because you know they've nailed this whole bleak, you know, horrible sort of world for the people of Varos. It looks really grim and horrible. So you know, mm. it's going to be a sort of nice gritty sort of dark story, and the Doctor's going to sort it all out. Um, and I also I also like the. Um, some of the effects as well for its time. I mean, back in the sort of mid eighties, this was when things like, uh, if anyone was alive back then I was five years old. So on things, TV programs, there was a program that was going to be out soon called nightmare. Don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Where it was like three kids and one of them had a helmet on and they yeah. were in like a massive blue screen, but we saw it as like these really cool sort of CG very basic CG levels and, you know, stuff like that. So it was around that time where they started to get clever a little bit. So the scenes where they go into that uh, sewer or corridor thing at the bottom and there's these green lights and then they start to see, like, their selves as ghosts, if you like. Um, And then when you look down, there's, like, a a pit with, like, acid in it and Mm. lava or something like that. That all looked really good. Um, The only one, actually, the only one effect that I thought was terrible was the the laser bolts coming out of the guns. Yeah, which should be standard by now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they yeah. looked tiny, these like little Tic Tacs being fired out of these guns, but they didn't, yeah. they weren't on, they weren't in line with the, the way the guns were shooting. So no. they were like a few degrees off, which looks a bit bad. But otherwise, I thought the effects weren't too bad. I mean, there's, that- it doesn't really rely on a lot of effects, this one, but um, the ones that were in there weren't too bad. No, they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah, for the time, they're, they're not bad at all. The yeah. giant fly as well um, manages to work. The giant make, fly. Surprisingly, the giant yeah. fly. <laughs> yeah. um, and I also really liked the makeup and costume and stuff for Sill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty well done, actually, I think. In fact, I was going to say about the makeup, because when Perry turns into the bird, mm. it's really well done, actually, considering it's such a short scene to go to all that... <laughs> effort because at this time you thought they might just super you know overlay a some sort of dodgy effect on her face for the short time that she needs to be like that but um yeah no it's uh the, the makeup and that's pretty pretty decent and the costumes actually suit the story as well because yeah. sometimes in dot two we get some very flamboyant costumes when people <laughs> are in some sort of um uh hierarchy or authority in this they do kind of suit them because they're very gray gray blacks and red colors and it does does work quite well but yeah still yeah. looks good on his little war tank whatever it is yeah eating his his mint jelly it looks like whatever it is <laughs> there are times when he gets a bit too excited though and he nearly knocks knocks his <laughs> mask off because like his neck yeah. piece does come away from the costume quite a lot um, that is the only thing i would say but yeah he does look good yeah if you um if you watch any of the special features on this one um it shows uh 
or the actor who played Syl described having to get into that costume. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's all one piece. So he has to sort of go in via the neck. So he has to put his feet in first and then slide into the into the little slug tail thing. Mm. And then his arms. And then they put the headpiece on and that's it. He's done. He can't move. He can't go anywhere. So it was a good costume, actually. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the costumes for the the governor and the chiefs and, you know, the soldiers and stuff, it sort of had that Star Wars, that early Star Wars imperial. Mm. Um, you know, they've all got those sort of very dark grey yeah, now you say it. Uniforms yeah. and stuff. So it, they did really think about um, uh, that what was going on at the time, and mm. they they chose costumes and stuff to reflect that. Because, like you said, they could have gone very um, tin foily, bright orange, turquoises, you know, <laughs> glittery, you know, all that stuff, which they've had a tendency to do. Yeah. Uh, before that, so it was they did have a good think about the look and feel. So the design was pretty good, actually. Mm. Yeah, okay. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, the sets, we didn't really see much, really. Uh, some of them were very bad. A couple of them were not too bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, they kind of fit the story. They're quite bleak, the sets, aren't they? They're very, very basic. It does feel quite low budget to me. Yeah. Um, I, I thought the yeah. room, you know, the couple that have sort of come into it every few scenes. Yeah, the, I know. Yeah, the arguing couple. The arguing couple. old yeah. couple that are watching what's going on. Like mm. their room was pretty well done. It was very basic. You can imagine, you know, that's the sort of room that the people would have to deal with. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, yeah, some of them were, what what was going on with any, any sort of prison cell or any gate that was at the end of a corridor was one of, it looked like one of those huge farmyard gates. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what was really funny to me was the gaps were big enough for people to squeeze through. <laughs> well maybe not me but yes and all yeah i know what you mean you yeah know? they were yeah it was yeah, ridiculous I, I did think that like when colin gets uh the, the cliffhanger to episode one when he's <laughs> seeing the desert that door shuts it's yeah it's a little bit feeble yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit mm. um right and this episode is renowned isn't it for its darker tones and stuff yes. like that so let's talk about a couple of those okay um so the famous one isn't it the famous scene from this episode is where he chucks the two prison guards into the vat of, of well the, that's how a lot of people remember it including myself but watching it again yesterday he doesn't actually does he the first guy falls and then he's kind of fighting with the other guy and then the guy who's already in the acid bath grabs his leg and pulls him, pulls in. him so in the doctor doesn't actually kill them himself i mean he, well, he's trying to save his own life so yeah it's not really because a lot of people he does get criticized a lot oh the doctor wouldn't push people in the acid bath well he actually doesn't he doesn't push them in they kind of fall in and pull each other in it's just the fact that he makes that little quip at the end That's of it. uh yeah yeah sorry if i don't join you or something like that um what yeah. does he say? Excuse me if I don't join you. Excuse me if I don't join you. Yeah, it's. I think people, that's the problem, isn't it? People, he's got this kind of nonchalant, very flippant, you know, there's two people, you know, being burnt to death in acid right in front of me. And mm. he's like, you know, just... Forgive me if I don't join you. Yeah, yeah. and then off he goes. I, um, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. I think that's Colin's doctor and I don't think it was... I know it comes up for a bit of criticism, but yeah, I, I get why. I yeah. get that. Yeah, because I suppose... Colin's doctor's following on from Peter's doctor that would have had a totally different reaction to that. You know, he would have been yeah. horrified and he wouldn't, I can't imagine Peter's doctor saying that. But then I'm thinking I can imagine Hartnell's doctor saying it. 
<laughs> yes, <laughs> I know? could. Yeah. I sort of imagine Hartnell saying uh, something along those lines. Um, you know, I'm thinking of scenes where Hartnell's hit people over the head with a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> you oh. know, we are talking about supposed to be the same man, just in different personas. And I think Colin's doctor would have said that. So I don't really have a problem with it. Yeah. And there's also, um, I would probably say that the doctor attacking Perry in his post-regeneration mm. messed up state and trying to strangle her to death is a bit more of a darker yeah. scene and something to be more concerned about if you're concerned about that stuff. Um, but I can't see the problem with this scene. I really can't because no. if you hear people talk about it, I've heard people, I've heard people, actually no, I haven't heard. I've seen people discuss it um, online and you would think that the doctor's like ripped his shirt off in a big sort of rage like the Hulk, you know, picked these guys up by their necks, broke their necks in the air, threw them in the acid and sort of strolled off. And it's not like that at all. It really isn't. No. Like you described, there's a bit of a scuffle and one of them falls in, which is not the doctor's fault. And then when he's got the um, uh, the sort of metal stretcher bed thing, you know, he's trying to like fence off the other guy. Like you say, the other guy comes out, reaches and grabs him, pulls him in. So it's not really the doctor's fault. He hasn't, you know, it's not like a wrestling move. He hasn't sort of suplexed And he's doing it in. to save his own skin, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. It's not like he's doing it for any other reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to, if you want to see the sixth doctor, perhaps, you know, something I perhaps could question, um, although I haven't watched for a while, in the two doctors, when he, he uh, kills, he does actually kill a guy, doesn't he? The, the shock eye with the um, chloroform. Oh, yeah. I can't remember yeah. now. It's one we, we need to review, but, but you know, I mean, that's, that's the doctor actually properly killing someone. That's not, dark, not this. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's dark. We'll have to, we'll obviously we'll save that for another time, but you know, that's dark. This is just the doctor saving his own skin mm-hmm. and then having a little laugh about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the other, the other thing that people pick up on when they say about, it's quite a dark story. I think it's just generally the sort of torture scenes and, people about to be executed and stuff like that it's um it's not the happiest of stories let's let's be there's honest there's very little humor now i think this is why i struggle with it um there's because ve- i do i like you know i do like the dark tone to an extent with doctor who <laughs> i like the horror element but but i think in this you do need some sort of relief we get a little bit from the arguing couple there are a couple of nice little scenes between those two but yeah, yeah. they're not enough to yeah it's it's a pretty grim tale this one yeah. That's true. They they do pop up, don't they, quite frequently, and you, they're mm. having a bit of a bicker and stuff like that. But they're not, yeah, you're absolutely right, they're not enough. There isn't enough of that. And they're not funny enough either. You know, they, they have that, the little moments, but the funniest moment was right at the very end. It was when he's like, well, what are we going to do now then? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> See, I absolutely love that scene. It's great. Again, yeah. it, comparing it again to the Truman Show, it's, um, it's one of the things that we... I think is so true to life. Um, and I, we, we do this, don't we? We, we, we get so engrossed in reality TV programs and they sort of, to a lot of people, they sort of become the be all and end all. You can't, you've got, you know, you, they feel like they know these people in real life. And then when something happens or the show ends, you just sort of go, Oh, what's on the other channel then? Yeah. And we do that all yeah. the time. And I think it's a real good observation. So I really like the ending to this. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, Cause I think it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also like one of the things I do like was the um, the sort of the varied characters within the government. So we have the governor, who's very he seems almost like a, an honest guy. 
he's try, yeah. you know he's, he has his moments where he's a little he, he's a little bit uh, ruthless with things, but I feel that's just because of the pressure he's under from the other people within, mm. like the the head chief guy and the chief officer guy. So I think overall he's a fairly decent guy. He just wants the best for people, which is why he's arguing so much with Sill. Um, and then you've got the chief officer who's in cahoots with Sill. They want to overturn yeah. the governor so that he can become governor and he can then just give Sill whatever price he wants and then the two of them can just rule and it's all good. And then we've got the, uh, the, the a couple of the guards, which are quite cool. So we have like the mad scientist uh, oh, officer yeah. guy and then we have the the uh, the other guy who's standing guard over the governor towards the end and frees him and, and off they go. So I think within a very small... You know, just only a handful of small amount of characters there. They're quite a good variation. It isn't just like the governor who rules and then everyone's just tiptoes behind him and says yes at everything. There mm. is like a nice little band of people who are just no good at running Varos, it's clear. So, yeah. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It's a good little setup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think we've sort of nailed it there. I mean, I know a lot of people will disagree and a lot of people will say, how can you possibly, you know, have that opinion? It's such a great episode and it's, you know, but I think there are a lot of good things in it. I think there's a lot of good ideas and stuff. It's just, there's not enough humor. The action is not any good apart from a couple of little, that's another thing as well. The fight scene with the doctor and the guards by the acid pool was okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. But some of the other fight scenes, especially when John oh, Dahl is like, you know, wrestling with the guards and when Seal's guards get into a little bit of a scrap. Yeah. Um, you know, when he sends them over to pull the lever to hang the doctor and, and John Dahl. It's just awful. It's pathetic. Like yeah. when John Dahl, like there's a there's one of the um the governor's guards who has got a gun pointed at John Dahl. This is towards the end. And the way that he sort of shoves him out the way to get the gun. You know, it's like you go for it or you don't do it, you know. So that's to me is, you know, Philip Martin, uh, sorry, Ron Jones should have been like, right, this guy's got a gun pointed at your head. You've got one chance to barge him out the way and take the gun. So make the most of it, you know. And uh, John, and that character, John Dar, just sort of lazily like, yeah, move out of the way. And then the yeah. guard sort of like over dramatically falls over. It's just terrible direction for any of the, the, the Colin and the guard scene, not too bad. Some of the other things though, in, in the way of action is just terrible. Yeah. The, I, I must admit, know. I kept thinking all the way through this as well. I, I, I haven't read the book, but I bet the book of this is good. I can imagine on paper that this, this could be quite a good gritty story to read. Um, but that's what I mean about it. Not quite <laughs> translating on screen. Like that fight examples, that fight, I mean, is a perfect example. You just yeah. sort of watch it and think, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah. 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 And hanging as well. I mean, again, hanging and all that. It's a, such a, I mean, I, I'm unfortunately old enough to remember when this first went out and I was really not enjoying this as a kid. You know, mm -hmm. this was not appealing to me at all. Perhaps, see, I wonder if that's why I don't enjoy it now. I just, I think I just, I never liked it then. You know what I mean? I just remember seeing mm -hmm. the doctor being put in a noose and thinking, oh, no, you know, what's going on? sort of thing yeah. um but yeah but i would I, I would like to read the book of this actually it might be might be a bit different hmm. yeah it could be um right let's talk about some cast members yeah um let's talk about john dar and aretta our two sort of rebel 
the Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia of Vengeance <laughs> of Ferris. Um, so these guys, they're, they're being imprisoned and tortured and stuff because of their views, aren't they? Yeah. They're not happy with how Varos is being run, so they've outspoken, and as a result, they've been thrown in the slammer, and he's about to be executed. So he's the first character we see, I believe, once we get on Varos. He's been chained up, and he's got this essentially just a light bulb being shined at him, which he's trying to dodge and stuff. To um, be fair, I was going to say, to be fair, even though it's so clearly just a light being shone at him, he does uh, screech quite... It, it, the, the torture scene does work for me at the start because he does actually act that not too bad. Yeah, yeah, he's quite it's quite horrific, and I was thinking, God, you can clearly see they're just shining a torch on him or a light <laughs> or whatever. But he does go for it. You got to give um, Jason Connery his due. He does, yeah. he does go for it. Yeah. After that yeah. scene, though, he's pretty useless. Yes, he is. As his performance <laughs> and what his character has to do is very disappointed. Yeah. Um, so. Jason Connery, obviously son of the famous Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Can you do yeah, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. He actually went on to, um, I don't know if you remember, there was an absolutely brilliant program in the 80s. Um, and I think it was the late 80s or early 90s called uh, Robin of Sherwood. Robin of Sherwood, yes, that's right. And yeah. he took over as Robin in series three. I think Cause it was a dark haired guy, wasn't it? And then he suddenly like. Yeah, we well, got killed. The original Robin got killed. What, in then, real life? No, in the show. They killed him off. Oh. Robin of Loxley. They killed him oh, off. Oh, I thought it was supposed to be the same character. No, they I killed him off. So this is... No. And then they replaced him with Robert... Sorry, Robert. Robin mm. of another town near Loxley, which was yeah. Jason Connery. And he was actually pretty good in that program. Okay. He wasn't too bad. But in this, I mean, you w- hopefully he didn't put this on his CV or his <laughs> demo reel or whatever because he's just useless after that scene. Yeah, he does torture well, but uh, given any lines, he's a little—he's a bit hammy, isn't he? And yeah. his lines were so awkward as well. Yeah, you know, just the way he delivered them and the way his, his action scenes—he might as well have just gone for a coffee. You know, <laughs> he's just like he's strolling down a high street and someone's tripped on him. Oh, sorry, mate. You know, it's just no good. And yeah. Aretha, she was okay. Well, she's the same. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, I wasn't blown away by her. I do wonder, is it the direction, though, mate? Is, is the director just not saying to him, right, come on, guys, just get the energy up? Or That's exactly what I was thinking after yeah. I watched it, because there are yeah. so many scenes where it needed to... And I think if the energy levels were up there a bit more, yeah, and all that stuff, because I, I, that's exactly what I thought afterwards. The director, about five or six times throughout both episodes, just needed to say, cut. You lot are doing bleeping rubbish at the minute. You know, mm. these guys are after you with guns. This is going on. This is going on. Can we get some bloody energy going in here? Let's just go for it. That's what it's missing. Yeah, because yeah. that's absolutely right. Because, I mean, right at the start as well, you know, we've got that really long scene of Perry and the Doctor in the TARDIS when they're stranded and the Doctor's oh, all yeah. depressed. And, yeah. I mean, Perry is so, she says herself, she's so bored and she's just wandering around. And I'm thinking, come on let's get some energy like you said it just the whole show just needs some energy in it yeah it it needs a bit of oomph doesn't it it needs needs some oomph yeah it needs to kick up the bum um and actually yeah that scene at the beginning with the the doctor and perry um that was i quite like that That that's quite that was quite a different thing for me because normally we have with these stories where the tardis has malfunctioned so the only option is to go to said place you know, to either recharge or repair or all that stuff. Um, it, that normally happens fairly quickly. But with this one, the doctor's really sort of like a school kid that's been told off. 
you know, yeah. the TARDIS is like, nope, not having it. So he's got the chair out and he's sitting there all grumpy. See, um, I did like, that's the only bit that made me laugh, I yeah. think, is when he's like, well, you're all right, you're human, you'll just die. And I'll just have to sit here after a generation, after a generation. <laughs> I just thought he's so selfish, this Doctor, but it did make me laugh. Yeah, so that was yeah. quite good. I thought I'd mention that because I will forget. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk about, um, who was the guy, the mad scientist guy? Was he called Arak? No, Arak. Arak's the bold guy, you know, the, the arguing couple, Arak and Etta. Oh, um, the sorry, mad yes. scientist. Um, kill him? Kill him? Kill him? Or was I'm it Bax? Sure. It yeah. was. Oh no! Yeah, it was either Bax or Killam. Quillam. You're you on about the guy who does the sort of experimenting on Perry. You're on yeah, about he wears guy. the mask, and when he takes it off, he's all scarred and his eyes. See, are... I, oh, I've got to be honest. Like this, this is where I zoned out, so I don't know. I'm not sure what his name is. It's one of those. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's one of those guys. Um. Again, performance not great. Um, no, I, I get the feeling they were going for that Phantom of the Opera kind of thing. Just yeah, didn't really deliver the performance. Just again, was okay, quite funny. But... You want about the guy who gets his mask? He gets his mask ripped off, doesn't That's he? Yeah. To reveal the horrific face. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Phantom of the Opera. Yes, yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> good I think it. just didn't really do it for me again. That performance. Um, there was a guy called Moldak. Um, he actually went on to be in some pretty big things, actually. Um, he Which was, one was Moldak? He was the guy that um, let, the bold guy. let the governor free at the end. He was the guard that was watching him. And, oh, him. Yes, I now I recognised him. Now, what, what's he been in? Yeah. Yes, well, he's been in quite a few things. Um, uh, he was in. Uh, he went on to be in Torchwood oh. um, for an episode. Um, he's been in loads of things, Spooks, um, uh uh, Midsummer Murders, but he was—he had a fairly decent role in Game of Thrones recently. There's nobody that hasn't been in Midsummer Murders. Um, Game of Thrones—that might be well. Yeah, I recognised him. But yeah, not that I watched Game of Thrones, but yeah, yeah, he's been on some some good stuff. So he was not too bad. Yeah, he's okay. I guess he's only really in that bit at the end, isn't he? Where he sort of um struggles with his conscience. Yeah, he does pop up in the beginning for a bit. Does he? Oh. But yeah. he's in it. He's only in it for yeah. Yes, like his speaking part, if you like. Towards the end, he wasn't too bad. Uh, what do you think to the chief officer, the baldy, who, uh, um, who yells at certain times? He's all right. He's one. He's not too bad actually. He's he's a bit over the top, <laughs> but I think um, at least he's given a bit of bit of something. Ah, oh, you read my mind again. You know, although yeah. he wasn't um, he wasn't going to win any Oscars. Yeah. At least he gave it a bit of oomph at times, you know. He does, yeah. I was going to say, at least he's actually putting something into the performance, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't see that coming either. When we had that scene where him and Syl are having a conversation about how they're going to get the governor out, and, mm. you know, he's like, you just need to agree, you know, give it time and then we can do this. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. I thought he was quite a loyal. He looked like one of those old school loyal people, old guys, you know, guys of the guard, you know, that wouldn't give in. But no, he was... Fairly good. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. The governor himself, what a wet blanket he is. He is a wet blanket, but um, I didn't mind, actually, Martin Jarvis, the actor. I didn't mind his performance because I think he's supposed to be a bit of a, of a wet blanket. Um, in, in terms of his acting, I mean, I mean, he was boring to watch, but I didn't think, um, I, th I thought he was actually playing it quite straight, and I didn't think he was too bad in it, actually. Because you kind of sympathise for him a bit. He's just being, he's just a puppet, isn't he? He's just been used yeah. as a puppet. Yeah. Um, so I didn't mind him, actually, as, in terms of his performance. I didn't think he was too bad. I think he was supposed to be a bit bit like that. So I didn't think he was too bad. 
I I appreciated his performance because of it. Maybe it needed to be slightly uh, downbeat and a bit quieter because the chief officer was quite shouty and mm. and all that lot. So you wouldn't want two people. Well, if you put Sill in there as well, he seems to bellow every everything. <laughs> every other yeah. sentence is like a massive shouting, you know, slanging match. Um, it would have been quite full on to have three people be very shouty and like that. So I can appreciate, but it was just it just didn't help with the boredom factor when he was on. Yes, I know you mean. It was like, oh, come on, mate. Can't be that, you know, know, you've got to give it something at some point. But he was fairly straight, wasn't he, throughout the whole thing. Very straight-laced, yeah. Even when he was being tortured, he was like, oh. Uh, That's that's, that's true. Yeah, the green light, oh. (laughs) He was like, come on, you're being tortured. Go for it. You know, this is your (laughs) career. Yeah, um, and but, he he did quite a lot, didn't he, back in the day, mind Jarvis? He did. In terms of career, he was quite a well-known actor, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he'd been in quite a few things, even up to that point. Yeah, uh, can't think of anything, but I'd recognise him. <laughs> oh yeah, loads of things. Uh, anyway, yeah, loads of stuff. Um, and then, what about Sill? That well, ca- let, let's face it, Sill saves this blimmin' program, doesn't he? I mean, Sill's <laughs> great in it. Um, uh, Nabil Shaban. Um, yeah. He's brilliant in it, and he is going for it. He's he's basically steals every blimmin' scene he's in and acts everyone else off. Well, maybe not acts, but shouts everyone else off the screen. And for me, he's the best thing in it. And and yeah, I think he gives a, a great performance. Uh, really, just sort of he gets that mixture of being absolutely hideous, but also <laughs> quite likable, even though you shouldn't like him. Character. So yeah, for me, he's the best thing about this whole story. I totally agree. Because he's just so impatient with his lines as well. So yeah. one that when some of the other actors have finished their lines, he's bosh, he's straight in there. Mm. You know, he's 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 the one for me that brings the energy to those scenes. Oh yeah, you know, he's constantly up on his high horse, constantly like just grumpy with everybody, especially the governor, and. Uh, yeah, just yelling, screaming, blah, 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 all over the place. It's it's just funny. It's a combination of, you know, very funny to watch. Um, and I think that's his vulnerability is because he has to be wheeled around on a little tank. Mm. You know, it's that sort of humorous vulnerability. You know, he couldn't actually physically get into a fight with anyone. He can't do anything. But at the same time, he's got that, you know, he's almost that anarchistic, you know, he just doesn't mind seeing people. You know, he's quite up for watching people getting killed. He really wants the governor to be killed. Yeah, that's right. Um, he's like a little child, really. He just has to have his own way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the best way to describe it. He's like a little kid. He's a good character. Way. I have to say, he's, I do like the character of Sil as a, as a, as a baddie, you know. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. And he's a, he's a one for me that sort of, I, I watched all of the scenes where he was in it, you know, you know, as you wouldn't watch a classic who the mm. scenes where he's not in it, it was more a case of, you know, what's going on on Twitter. I oh, really struggled. Yeah. I was the yeah. same. I really struggled actually to, to, to hold my attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, Perry. Perry. Actually, just before we get onto the main cast, can I just quickly mention, um, Eric and Etta, the, the arguing couple. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah. cause I actually, Sheila Reed, obviously, we we know as being she come back as Clara's aunt or nan or something, didn't she? Um, and also, yeah, a lot of people know her from Benidorm. I found she was a bit 
I didn't think she was that great in this, but I really liked uh, the guy who played Arak, the bold guy. Um, I thought he, thought he gave a really good little performance, actually. Um, but that, they were yeah. quite fun as the arguing couple. I thought they, they worked quite well together, um, especially, like you said, towards the end, you know, when they're like... Uh, well, uh, the scene I like, actually, is when he says, oh, you can vote for me. They, no one will know. And she's like, yes, they will. I'll tell them. Yeah. And I just thought, yeah, they're that typical. So I, I quite liked the little scenes with those two, I have to say. Yeah. yeah, they they were the fun. They were like the comic relief, weren't they? Yeah, and again, and still in quite a macabre way, but they mm-hmm. were, yeah, they were quite quite two good little characters. I thought, yeah, 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 yeah. I quite like those two. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, good. yeah. So on to Perry. Uh, Papa Gilliam. Why does Perry travel with the Doctor? Because every scene I see her in, she's just moping around. She looks as bored as anything. She's always moaning. I just don't <laughs> get. You know, I think this is more with with Colin's doctor, you know. Oh, actually, she's only in one, two, two stories with Peter, isn't she? But yeah, I just every time I see Perry, I'm just like, why are you there? You never seem to want to be there. Why are you there? So I don't know. Um, I th- don't get me wrong. I thought her performance was OK in this. And uh, but I just don't get just don't get it. It's strange because. She just annoys me a bit, I think, is what I'm trying to say. She's yeah. just always moaning and, oh. The yeah. sixth Doctor is very, he, he's very rude to her in a lot of episodes, isn't he? Mm. So you wonder yeah. why she doesn't just say, you know, up yours. Yeah, drop, drop me, me off, off the next time you're in Earth. Just drop me off. Yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. You know, go and she's save. She's been turned into a bird. She's been, you know, all these things have happened to her. I just think, why would she continue? I, I don't know. Why yeah. would she continue? Yeah. Bear in mind that the story before this one, she was almost strangled to death by the Doctor. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. so she they don't get off to the best start. And then throughout the whole era with these two, they they never really click as like um, like some of the other Doctors. Like if you think about um, like the, you know, some of the best team-ups, so the fourth Doctor and... Sarah Jane, Sarah Jane, you know, those yeah. kind of relationships. They've never, ever had anywhere close to that. They never seem to have any fun. No, it's um, it's almost like, yeah, like you say, she's moping a lot. She's always moaning. Um, and the Doctor, you know, instead of, you know, taking on board his companion's thoughts and feelings about stuff, he just completely ignores all of that. He's just terrible. gets on yeah. with it and then just mm. tells her to shut up, you know, when she's giving him lips. So... It is strange why she continues to put up with it. Um, and also in this one, I just didn't think, I mean, I've, I've got a slight issue with, with Perry anyway, and, you know, more specifically Nicola Bryant, her performances. I just don't think that she's that great an actress. No, you know, no, I don't either. The way no. that she delivers lines is very, like, uh, secondary school play, Christmas play. Mm. Um, she's always like, uh, uh, are, you, are you sure, Doctor? Uh, yeah. Are, are you, you know, it's... It, she does that a lot you know she's that's like a crutch mechanism you know when she's doing quite an intense scene she's like purposely stutters her words a lot and you know it's like school of acting 101 you know do this if all else fails so yeah. i can't really i just cannot get into her character much i mean i think she's pretty good in caves of andrasani i did quite like her in that she's really sort of i guess she's found her feet i guess at that point and she works a bit better with peter but um, yeah, with Colin, I just can't get into the two. You know, it's just a struggle. It's 
it's strange, isn't it? Because I think the two of them got on so well off screen, uh, Nicola and, mm. and Colin. But I don't see much of that yeah, on screen. And I guess it's down to the scripts because there's all that bickering going on, which I know they tried to um, cut down the further it went into the, you mm. know, further it went on. But uh, yeah, this, yeah, I, I agree with you about the sort of the school of acting. Not, she's not my favourite. Yeah, not great. Mm. Uh, and what about old Sixy? Old Sixy, well... There's nothing wrong with Colin in this, um, mm-hmm. but like you said, it's he's not he's not quite got that gusto that we sometimes see yeah. from the Sixth Doctor. He doesn't feel like because very often the Sixth Doctor will storm into a situation and completely take over it. And I think he does that a little bit when he first steps out of the TARDIS right. and he sort of um, says to that bloke, "What are you shooting my TARDIS for?" or whatever. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> bit of that at the start, but. Um, yeah, I didn't really. I don't know. It was it was a it was an okay performance. Yeah, it was fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but it, it like you said, didn't have much uh, gusto behind it that we sometimes get from Colin. I don't think. Yeah. yeah. But then he wasn't given that much action to do, was he? I'm thinking, like you said, that scene, the hanging scene. You know, the Doctor sort of again sh- should have been firing a bit more on all cylinders. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was a little bit going through the motion slightly. Yeah. I agree. Hmm. Once more, I agree. Mm. Uh, I I just wanted more from him. Maybe it's harsh to crit- to criticise at this point in the game because it's only his third story, second. Mm. Um, however, you know, quite a few other doctors have, you know, in their very first episodes, you think, wow, he's done this for a few years. You know, they've hit the ground running and they've, you know, gone into it. But I just wanted a bit more from him I wanted him to be more whichever way you know in whichever form it comes you know whether he wants to be more the humorous parts you know to be funnier you know his delivery or the darker parts you know really go for it and stuff like that I just wanted him I just wanted to see more great Colin really mm-hmm. yeah because um, we do like Colin don't we I mean we, when he's when he's on top form I think he's a great doctor yeah, yeah um but i feel sorry for him under all those clothes i mean could they have put him in any more clothes <laughs> he's got that waistcoat he's got that scarf he's got the coat he must have been baking under those studio lights i mean that bit where he's sort of hallucinating he's in the desert he probably didn't have to act much for that because uh, he must have been boiling yeah under all that stuff yeah and there's the scene following where he's lying on the gurney in the acid room you yeah know, his hair looks a bit sort of damp where he's been sweating a lot he's just laying there I'm not surprised all those lights and stuff yeah I do feel for him yeah. it reminds me of that scene in Friends where Joey walks in and he's wearing every single item of clothing that Chandler <laughs> owns it's just like they, they just I do feel sorry for him yeah. having to act under all that stuff no I agree um, yeah yeah um, yeah. so Colin not bad you know let's not let's not be too down it, he, he wasn't it wasn't a bad performance it, I just felt like he should have you know pushed a bit more a, well, I'll tell you what it is. I can't think of any standout moment. You know, like there's always a little bit where you say, oh, I love it when the doctor said that or, you know, like Jelly Baby. You know, there's there's no standout moment I can think of at all with Colin's doctor in this. I mean, I, I do think the ending to episode one, the cliffhanger, is a good and it's a good cliffhanger. I'll give it that, you know, where there's like three, two, one, the doctor's dead and cut. Yeah. And I just thought that's a, that's a good cliffhanger, that. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, but there's no sort of real moment where I think oh that was a nice nice little scene with the doctor there or or that was a good bit. Yeah, there, there isn't that. Yeah, you're right. There isn't that standout moment where you think wow, 
you know, Colin was brilliant in that. Yeah. Or it's like a memorable thing. Uh, yeah. So that's pretty much it. There's not much music in this, is there? Which is probably a good thing, actually. There's only the odd little bit of 80s synth drifting in. Because yeah. Summer Collins has a, is it Attack, where it keeps going, that's right. yeah. every time. But thankfully in this one, they've toned it down. <laughs> and I think um, that suits the sort of darker tone of the story. Because can you imagine, like, <laughs> can you imagine having that sort of music going through this story? It wouldn't work. So at least they've got that right. Yeah, it's not too bad. And um, uh, Jonathan Gibbs went on to do Mark of the Rani. Oh, or, right. Or did yeah. Mark of the Rani, yeah. So, yeah, he's got that style, quite minimal. Yeah. yeah it's what good. is that story that that, that thing, they keep playing that, that sting? Is it Attack? I do, think so. do, do, do. Yeah, anyway. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so that's Vengeance on Varos. Yeah. Um, let's do some, let's do our review. It's you to go first. Is it? I thought it was you. Nope. All right. I'm struggling with this one. I've written 6.5. Seems a little low. Um, but I suppose I ought to stick with what I've written. Yeah, maybe 7. I don't know. What What are you scoring? Are you sticking with 6.5? I don't know. It's sort of in between 6.5 and 7 for me, and I haven't really... don't know. Well, I've given it a 6. You've given it a 6, have you? Yeah. yeah. In that case, I'll stick with 6.5 then. Okay. Yeah. 6.5 and a 6. Yeah. For old, for old vengeance. Yeah. I expected you to be higher. I don't know why. I just thought, I thought, oh, this will, you'll like, you know, Gary's going to like this one. He's going to be one of them fans. Mm. Uh, I, I would have scored it higher if it was more, if it just had more energy and more gusto. If gust, it was more gusto. entertaining. Yes. Yeah. If it was more entertaining. It yeah. was just boring to watch, unfortunately, for me. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think, though? You might, you guys might have completely different opinions. Mm. Uh, let's kick off with an audio review. This is Alex Kingdom. Hello, Gary Allen from Boogaloo Box Podcast. How are you guys doing this week? And today we're talking about Vengeance on Varos. Now, this um, story is great. It's really good. Um, I really enjoy it. I like uh, the Sill. I like his character. I think he's a good villain. And I like how when he turns up again later on in the Six Daughters era. And I also like how this episode kind of depicts reality television before it was a thing that interests me quite a bit um it was just great writing um i don't i like the doctor in this he's he's all right but there is one thing i don't like about it where you know he puts those guys in the acid bath i mean one thing it does show though is how they would change how the doctors change from now then times to the new series because in the new series the doctor would go in there swimming and getting the men out i mean he'd be like oh no i'm so sorry you tripped in there swim 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 yeah you'd be um but this one's uh colin baker's just like forgive me if i don't join you and that is great but in a sense not because it's not the character of the doctor perry brown is perry brown so she's not that good in my opinion. Just my opinion. I'm sorry. So yeah, I'm gonna give Vengeance on Varus an eight out of ten. I really like this one, I think it's great. I just think that there are some bits I just don't like about it. See you next week. Thank you, Alex. Cheers, Alex. Alex likes it. Yeah. Over yeah. on Twitter, George Garrity says, OMG, yes. Love this. A true dystopian story before the craze of the Hunger Games and its ripoffs. Uh Colin on point. Nicola isn't too bad. Sill is so sinister. Uh, don't mind the violence. It helps to make it feel more dark and desperate. 9.5. Yeah. 
Good grief. Nice Thank one. you, George. Uh, over on Facebook, we had Sammy Satine. She says, so the TARDIS needs this mineral from Varos to help it function, so the Doctor and Perry decide to go there to get some. Unfortunately, they come across they come across the evil slug known as Sill. They will do anything to get his way. The planet is under its own turmoil, as severe punishments and death happen daily under the rotating governors, as Sill deems them enemies of his cause. Can the Doctor and Perry save the people of Varos from Sill? Uh, well, they get the precious mineral they need from the TARDIS. Uh, Colin does an excellent job here, even if unfortunately his Doctor kills two guards by dropping them in acid. Nicola does well too. Uh, Perry does get a bit to do in this story. I find Sill nasty, greedy, creepy, and a bit full of his own self-importance as well as a bit drunk on power. It's mm. a good way to describe his character. Yeah. Overall, she gives it a 7 out of 10. Right. Uh, let's do our last audio clip. This is from Jay Kent. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're all good. Now, vengeance on Varos. <laughs> the Hunger Games done right. The idea of corrupt governments using torture to entertain and control a population isn't exactly an original idea, but is executed the best I've seen in this. Seal, as a villain, is at his best in his introduction. I find him a lot more aggressive than in Mind Warp and not as laughable. The Varos people were brilliant, from the governor, who looked a bit like a young Donald Trump, the Phantom of the Opera, who looked delightfully <laughs> gruesome under that mask, and of course, Clara's nan. And the bit with the acid bath, I don't see the fuss really, the Doctor never laid hands on either of the guards. One jumped in and dragged the other down, the Doctor's still morally cool, so it's all good. However, for two 45-minute episodes, I did find it to drag ever so slightly, so I'm going to have to give this episode an 8.5 out of 10, which is respectable. Well done, Vengeance on Varus. Anyway, uh, Garen Adam, I will see you next time, and I hope you're doing all good, all nice and chill. <laughs> Cheers, Jay. Nice one, Jay. Thank you very much. Mm. Right, uh, back on Facebook, um, Gallifrey Forever 97 says... Um, Vengeance on Varos is one of those stories of Doctor Who which is ahead of its time, like the Tenth Planet, for example. Uh, commenting on where we are heading as people of this planet, I think that this uh, is the first truly great Colin story of his era. This is a very edgy story and goes in some very dark places. The villainous Sill is a great product of this story. Adore his reappearance in Mind Warp. Overall, a very intriguing story with a lot of great established ideas and with the most humorous villains from Classic Who. Uh, whether that's for the right reason or not is up to you. Mm -hmm. uh, P.S. Great seeing both of you at London Film Comic Con. Hope you didn't have too much to drink after I left. Not too much. Thank you very much. Uh, Joseph <laughs> Howarth says, Adam, remember when you said at Unit Day that the Sixth Doctor's era was dark and had little to no humour when I was nearing the end of the Fifth Doctor's era? Well, I think you may have underestimated how dark it was. Yes, uh, and ha and I can look no further than a dark for a darker story in Doctor Who than Vengeance on Varos. Glorified violence, torture, and horrible mutations. Colin really did live an enchanted life, didn't he? Or, anyways, I personally think Vengeance on Varos is a superb story. The sets are marvelous. Sill is a pretty memorable villain, a very slimy character at that. The Governor's uh, very cold but sympathetic. Despite my gripes of having the Sixth Doctor be very unlikable, as well as the bickering. Uh, fits that he has with Perry later on in his era. I do think that Colin Baker was at his absolute best in this one. Even if mm. I still cringe at his one-liner of forgive me if I don't join you during the infamous acid bath scene. Not much to say on this one that hasn't been said already. Uh, I love the story. It's one of my favourites and it's a good dark uh, sat sat satirical 
satirical, satirical, satirical take on reality TV. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. See what a lot of positive comments coming through. Yep. Mm. Uh, Lewis Palmer, short and sweet, great story, one of Colin's best. Eight out of ten. Uh, and Connell Higgins says, never seen it, but I will see what you think of it first. Oh dear. Well, uh, take a take a middle ground because a lot of people like it, clearly. Right, that's really important to mention. That if we review something not in its best or whatever, please, please don't let that stop you from watching anything. Mm-hmm. You know, don't take our don't take our um stupid waffling word for anything. You know, i I would hate to think that people you know didn't watch an episode of doctor a story of doctor who because we didn't review it that highly mm. and a lot of people love it. this yep. yeah you need to watch it a lot of people love it it's just and i i will just say and i'm sure you're the same gary i've watched this quite a few times uh, it's not like i've just bunged it on this week for the first time and thought ah that's rubbish i have watched this a lot and desperately want to like it so and i'm sure you're the same i'm sure you've watched it a few times as well this was so my not, third viewing of it yeah this week yeah Mm. Yes. Uh, anything on the Geek's Handbag page? Yeah, we had one, yeah. And um, just while I'm firing up the Geek's Handbag, I was going to say the thing with the yes no vote reminds me of um, what's that, that Moffat episode with the whale? They have a yes no vote thing going on in that, don't they? The Beast Below. Oh, Beast Below. Yeah, yeah. very similar, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm. Right, so I had a couple on Facebook. Uh, Stan Stacy Gallagher says. Good story. Colin was great in this one. So a lot of people are saying Colin was great in this one. We didn't really feel it, but okay. And Dean Jones says, uh, the era of the Sixth Doctor is unfortunately one plagued with issues on screen and off. Vengeance of Varus for me is a rare gem for the most part. The story is compelling. Sill is a vile but great villain. Colin Baker gives a great performance as the Doctor and Nicola Bryant does well as Perry. The story is frighteningly relevant to today's world with reality TV and questionable governments. If there are criticisms I have, there's the occasional bit of overacting, occasional, and uh, awkward staging with some of the deaths. I can see why the violence may put some off, but it works for the themes of the story and features one of the best cliffhangers with a fascinating final ending. I give this one an 8 out of 10, says Dean. And P.S., it was great to see you all at London Film and Comic Con. Can't wait for the next one. Yeah, it's great to spend a day with you, Dean. And thanks for commenting. Thank you very much. Right, that was our uh, review of Vengeance on Varus. Thank you so much, everyone, who sent in your reviews and your clips. Uh, (laughs) it's freaking me out when you do that that. right um next week going to change things up a bit going into a different gear completely dude what are we going to do next week next next week listen Listen. we are doing the 12th doctor story listen which we uh didn't review at the time so that'll be interesting yes 12th doctor Mm. capaldi action Mm. let's see if this one's uh any good yeah (laughs) and i think we're going to do there buddy for episode 102 I can't do it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us and sticking with us. I uh, hope you enjoyed um, our our opinions and looks on Venus and Varus. Um, very sorry. If you didn't agree with our opinions or stuff, I th- in my head, I don't know if this is true, but for some reason, I got the feeling that a lot of people were expecting us to love this one. Yeah, because we didn't get any negative comments at all, did we? In the 
no. from the listeners this week, which is, uh, yeah, what are we missing? I don't know. What are we yeah. missing? Let us know. If there's something that we've, that after you've listened to this show and you thought, guys, you really need to go back and consider I don't this, think I can, I don't think know? I can watch it again. That I, I Honestly, I've watched it so many times. Anyway. Yeah, maybe not anytime soon, but if there's something that you feel that we haven't quite got, you know, if there's a thing mm. that you like about it and you're like, guys, when you next watch it, think about this or whatever, then we're happy to do so. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to next week, Mr. Capaldi. Listen. Listen. Uh, so we're looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that one. Um, uh, go over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all previous episodes and you can also subscribe. There's a nice big button right in the middle of the screen to go off to iTunes and stuff like that. Uh, you can also link to uh, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And if you are an iTunes listener, if you could give us a review and a rating, that would be awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Um, yep. You'll be able to see what we were up to at London Film and Comic Con. There's some snippets there that you're going to put out soon, I believe. There's a video coming. It'll be, it'll be out uh, Friday night, so tonight, whenever you're listening to this, it's, yeah, it's probably already out. I wish I'd filmed more of you, though, mate, and I genuinely mean <laughs> that because... If I'd have known I was going to do a video, I would have done some bits to the camera with you. But you are in the photo montage at the end. Oh, cool. You'll, you'll be pleased to hear. Cool. In the um, pub, yeah. <laughs> so remember to check out Adam's stuff. Give us uh, a look around on YouTube and Facebook. Give us a subscribe. That'll be all good. Mm. Uh, right. Until next week. Episode 103. Oh, rattling through them. <laughs> rattling through. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... Uh, uh, oh no.